bring up my notes here. Do you want to start with a dig? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, I have so many. Um, here's one. People like him because he reminds them of Mary Poppins. <laughs> it's true though, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is what people think, this is what Americans think British people are like. Right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he never says that. I don't think he uses the word he does. Jesus it says, like once. He says, imagine the following. Imagine that I'm speaking in a weird affected voice. That's just his voice, uh, dude. Yeah, I know. British. I know, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, well, you know, slip off your chacos, get into your Eno hammock, put your highlighted Bible off to the side, because um, we're diving into C.S. Lewis. And prepare your it's, box of tissues, because you're going to cry yeah. if you're one of those peoples. It, yeah. Yeah. Aforementioned. I, right. Um, you know those people? Did you have, did they have those at us? I, I see them sometimes, not as many as at Cal Poly. Um, like Eno hammock Christians, you know. What is an Eno? <laughs> it's a br it's a brand. It's oh, like those like hiking hammocks. Oh sure. Um, I remember there was this one woman who approached me in the Starbucks and like tried to become my friend, and then I realized that she was trying to scam me because she was like, "I have an exciting opportunity for you," and then I was like, "Fuck, dude! I thought I was gonna make a friend." <laughs> oh. Um, but I have her phone number and on Instagram. It suggested I follow her, and she has like a worship page now. Okay. And I was, I was like, big yeah. time, big time. You were wondering where I was. Going I was with well, because I was like, wait a minute. Like, are you just telling me a separate story about <laughs> how you got scammed at Starbucks? I didn't get scammed. I almost got scammed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, but no, she she's a big probably C.S. Lewis fan. Okay. Um, yeah. If I had to guess. Right. I don't, Melissa, if you're listening to this. Yeah, fuck you, I think Melissa. that was or no, Marissa, Marissa. Oh, yeah. Her too. Her too. Anyway. Um, um, so yeah. Well, I like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know? That was like a precious childhood thing for me. Yeah, I remember I liked that book, but then I tried to read the other ones, and it was just not hitting. Really? I liked, I got into this. I was like a big... Head? A big head. Yeah, a big C.S. <laughs> Lewis head A big C.S. Lewis head. Um, not me, because I know that children's literature is for children. <laughs> Well, I was a child. Well, <laughs> I mean, I have I put away all that. I can't remember right. if I liked it or not. <laughs> yeah. Because I could never enter the mind of a child. Right. <laughs> so it'd be inappropriate. <laughs> God, this is going to be a horrible episode. No, it's already so good. Um, well, all right, let's talk about it. Um, well, we have to say. Right. Today, I'm holding it up the book to right. the microphone right um we're reading c.s lewis's mere christianity and by we're reading we both read different sections today and <laughs> yeah that's fine uh and i'm never gonna read it again personally yeah probably not and in this book uh noted quote layman and former atheist um c.s lewis he goes into just his whole spiel, his apologetics, you know? Yeah. Can you imagine what a win it would have been for Christianity if he had written a similar book pro-atheism? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, Atheism like, is so cool. Yeah. Well, 
You know, okay, here's one of my other digs. You can tell that he's a former atheist because this has big checkmate energy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's really good. So I think the reason it's so bad as, like, apologetics <laughs> is because it is just, like, overrun with him being like, did you ever consider? Right. But, like, all books on atheism... Are there books? Are there like apologetics oh, on yeah. atheism? Yeah, I could, I could go get it right now. He's walking. I'm walking. I'm back now, though. <laughs> we could, you know, here's one. We'll probably, we should do this at one point. It's oh, why, why, I'm, why not I'm not a Christian, Christian by Bertrand Russell. I thought when you showed me that the other day, I thought it was like sarcastic. You thought I sarcastically owned the book? No, I thought like Bertrand Russell was being sarcastic. Oh no, no, Bertrand Russell is like the he's the leader of atheism. Hmm. He's like the pope, but for atheism, he's cool. dead. But you know, I don't know. I guess Richard Dawkins is the new one. Yeah. Um, I like Bertrand Russell, and I think that this is. I actually think his 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 Russell's arguments are pretty good, but they are kind of. You know, this would have been a good thing to pair with this, actually, because, like, they make similar mistakes, but we'll get to this. We'll get to their... Yeah, we're their, getting... Their, yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start? God, well, mm -hmm. why don't you start with... Because you read the first part. I did. Okay, well, I'll start with the foreword. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I don't even know who wrote Yeah, you're this. big on. De did he dedicate it to anybody? Or oh shit! Like... Well, no, he. I don't think so because it was original. Well, to Jesus. To Jesus. This one's for you. Well, he. These were okay. We gotta do some context. So, these essays or like short chapters were originally given as like radio lectures between I think podcast what? episodes. Yeah. Basically, podcast episodes between. 1940 and 1944 and you can tell <laughs> that that's when he was speaking because he really uses a lot of war metaphors many of which are pretty problematic if you ask me uh but um yeah not dedicated to anybody but in the foreword or er, it talks about how he was C.S. Lewis was once described by a friend as a man in love with the imagination, which like corny alert. <laughs> but also I wrote in my notes, um, C.S. Lewis's love of imagination unfortunately comes at the cost of critical to critical thinking. He does not think critically. He's just like imagining Christianity. He is. Um, like really hardcore. And you can tell that he like, like I said, it's just, like, atheist energy where he's, like, thinking of this, like, it's, like, such a revelation to him. Mm -hmm. But he's also just, like, thinking of the wrong thing. Um, so book one is called Right and Wrong as a Clue to the Meaning of the Universe. And he just talks about how we have this, like, innate instinct of what is right and wrong. And it's, like, different than, like urges like animal instincts like being hungry or like wanting to have sex or something um it, it's like a different thing and his argument is basically we must have gotten this thing from god mm -hmm. and therefore also god cannot be of this world god has to be like kind of separate from the world and he says this in order to like debunk um, as he says, like the Hindus, <laughs> which we'll get to. There's too much. There's too much in this. Yeah. This I don't know. Yeah. 
I really wrote notes on every page where I say, like, this is a child's understanding of the world. Like, he just speaks in these metaphors that don't make any sense, but he really latches on. And you can tell that he is, like, a writer, a novelist, or, like, writes children's lit and stuff, because he just is so obsessed with allegory. Mm-hmm. I'm not explaining this well. No, I think you're, you're giving a good taste of it. I think that is his argument. His argument is, like, it seems to be, like, first, here's the thing you got to know. Mm-hmm. Like, we got this morality sense. And that is impossible, so God exists. Yeah, and checkmate. Checkmate, <laughs> checkmate. Um, yeah, first checkmate. Oh, you're not done getting checkmated? Here's the next checkmate. Yeah. Um, wait, some objections. That was going to be my thing, is that he doesn't even consider what, what are his, the objections he considers. Okay. I'm going to read this passage. So he's talking about how this moral law instinct is different than the herd instinct. So here's the passage. Supposing you hear a cry for help from a man in danger, you will probably feel two desires. One, a desire to help due to your herd instinct. The other, a desire to keep out of danger due to the instinct for self-preservation. But you will find inside of you, in addition to these two impulses, a third thing which tells you that you ought to follow the impulse to help and suppress the impulse to run away. Now this thing that judges between two instincts that decides which should be encouraged cannot itself be either of them. So you know, herd instinct or self-preservation. You might as well say that the sheet of music which tells you at a given moment to play one note on the piano and not another is itself one of the notes on the keyboard. The moral law tells us the tune we have to play. Our instincts are merely the keys. When he starts, like, going, like, it's, you know, it's kind of like, like, there's a part of my brain that's like, no, 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 like, don't, don't start comparing this to something completely. Yeah, I wrote, I highlighted this and I wrote, people love this type of thing. (laughs) Because they do. And he ever, he also writes, like, um, later on on the page, uh, strictly speaking, there are no such things as good and bad impulses. Think once again of the piano. It has not got two kinds of notes on it, the right ones and the wrong ones. Every single note is right at one time and wrong at the other, uh, at another, sorry. The moral law is not any one instinct or set of instincts. It is something which makes a kind of tune, the tune we call goodness, by directing the instincts. Riley, suppose that your hair is rather like a guitar string. (laughs) Do you, do you think... Go on. You can, I can't think like this. No, but that's like what he's doing. He's just like, do you think each of your hairs then is different thicknesses? Well, that must follow because I already posited that it's like Yeah, the that's exactly yeah. how he writes where he's like, suppose, and he just like makes something up and then right. he presents it as fact. Um, so, oh, here's, okay, here's another objection. Are you ready? Yeah. Wait, what's the objection that he's... Well, it's an objection to people He's imagining, so in the, this is the second, like, subchapter in this book, and the first subchapter was saying, like, moral law exists, this, mm-hmm. like, instinct to moral law, and so then the second chapter is, like, objections that people might have to him saying yeah. that there is such a thing as, like, a, a common code of conduct shared amongst all peoples, like, that's essentially what he's arguing yeah. for, um, so here's here's in a tale for example one man said to me 300 years ago people in england were putting witches to death was that what you call the rule of human nature or right conduct 
But surely, the reason we do not execute witches is that we do not believe there are such things. If we did, if we really thought that there were people going about who had sold themselves to the devil and received supernatural powers from him in return and were using these powers to kill their neighbors or drive them mad or bring bad weather, surely we would all agree that if anyone deserved the death penalty, then these filthy whistlings did. So he's basically saying... People really believed that there were witches, and that's why they killed all those women. And mm. so, like, therefore, we shouldn't be mad at those people, because that was, like, their genuine belief. Right. And that's just, like, the most whack argument. Wait, why and couldn't it's, like, those historically... people use their music sheets to know that that impulse to believe that women are witches was wrong? Checkmate. Checkmate back. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so stupid. I'm talking so much, but it's just, like, so silly. He does, like, this thing where he's, like, either you believe in, like, chance and evolution or you believe in the religious view. So, therefore, the religious view must be true. (laughs) That can't be the way they That's so good. No, not exactly. That's so good. I love that. He says, like, uh, if there was a controlling power outside the universe, it could not show itself to us as one of the facts inside the universe. This is, like, debunking the God exists in everything Mm -hmm. argument. He says, uh, no more than the architect of a house could actually be a wall or a staircase or a fireplace in that house. And I wrote, why? Yeah, for you, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Why couldn't... A chair built a house. (laughs) With God, all things are possible. (laughs) You know? Well, wait. But that sounds anti-Christian. Like, you're supposed to... Like, God is in everything. Well, God is in everything, but God is also outside of everything. Yeah. God is, like, an authority right. figure. Because oh, he's, like, trying to... this is where he's getting mad at, like, pantheism, right? Is that the... Um, not quite. That comes later. He's okay. just mad at... Okay. I don't know what he's... He's mad about. Um, I don't know. He's just... He's just crazy. He... I, I don't know. What is there to say? It's just whack. Yeah. Well, okay, so the really, like, the set piece of this whole... Of the the whole first part of the book, as far as I... As my research yielded, is his trilemma. Uh, Lewis's trilemma, which is... Um, God, do you want to explain it? I feel like your explanation's funny. Okay, well, all right, all right. Here's how it goes. So he's questioning, or the question is whether, like, Jesus really was the Son of God. Of course, this is central to Christian doctrine. Um, You must believe that Jesus is the Son of God if you are to believe, or if you are to be a Christian, ostensibly. And so he sets this up. Uh, Jesus went around saying he was the Son of God. And so three things are possible. Either he was a lunatic or he was a liar, or he really is the Lord. <laughs> and he's not a lunatic or a liar, so he must be the Lord. That's... That is the... That is it. Yeah, but then... Okay, so I don't know if you know this. In the very next chapter, he talks about how we don't have to understand the mechanism of, like, why Christ died. Mm-hmm. We just have to, like, believe that that's true. Yeah. But he spends, like, a whole time being like, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Which I think is very silly. Um, yeah. 
But like, what what is his justification for like Jesus not being a lunatic? Just because what he says is so based. That yeah, because like be. we, he said these moral truths, and we like feel that they're true. We have this like moral sense. If you're going to do that, like if if the like key justificatory move in your argument is I just feel that it's true, you don't need to like push it all the way over there. Right. Like you could just say, well, I just feel Christianity is true. Well, like, he's he, trying to do logic though, because he's trying to like be an evangelist. You know? Yeah. And he's trying to, like, make people feel that it's true by presenting them with facts. Suppose that you felt that Jesus was the Son of God. Well, here I have another one. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Wait, what is the... He says... Oh, and he talks about how he believes the devil is real. Okay, he says... uh, God created things which had free will that means creatures which can go either wait what the heck sorry i'm on the wrong page cut that out (laughs) sorry sorry um he says uh oh that the only way through self like human the only way to be happy is through god And he says, the reason why other options can never succeed is this. God made us, invented us as man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol and it would not properly run on anything else. Now God designed the human machine to run on capital H himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the other food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. And I wrote, okay, but that's just his idea. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The car analogy does no work there. No, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. It's like, suppose this beer can is made of of aluminum. (laughs) Would that not make you also made of aluminum? What? Like, no, like, that's what he, like, there's just, like, no relationship between what he's, like... Well, yeah, I'm trying to, it's just... No, it's not like, yeah, it's not a useful comparison. None of these are useful comparisons. Um, Anyway, we've been ranting about this... Uh, I think we should explain why we're reading it, though. Oh, yeah, that would be really good. Sorry, that's guys. That's so smart, yeah. I'm going to stick the intro in at 18 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. Um, do you want to explain? God, yeah. Um, wait, why are we reading it? Because you like it? No, I Riley's thought I liked a, it. Riley loves C.S. Lewis. Um, no, we're... Well, I mean, okay. So, I think, seems to me like something we're interested in doing in the near future is kind of an exploration of um, American Christianity, particularly American Protestantism. Mm. And I think this book is pretty, like I was alluding to with my banter about, you know, the highlighted Bible, you know, hammock loving Christian. Um, I mean, this book is pretty central to like Mm -hmm. American Christianity. or a lot of American Christians really like it, especially, curiously, non-denominational Protestants. Now, I will, I'm about to take a big L right now, but Lewis himself was an Anglican. Um, so we are not, we're not sending our best. Um, but that, uh, in spite of that, oops, he is, um, yeah, this book, this book in particular, and also, I mean, just like Chronicles of Narnia and the Screw Tape Letters, which I have no idea what that's about. 
That's another CSS Sounds thing. crazy. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it's not. Yeah. Why would you be sure it's not? Haven't you read this? Well, it's probably just like a, a long book of allegories. Right. You know, or allegory. Yeah. But I think like what my, so like, I guess I'm kind of, I was going to bury the lead a little bit more, but I think I'll just stick it right here. Like he's so literal in his understanding of Christianity. He's so like painfully like, he's reading Christian doctrine as though it is like, I don't know, like it's it, just a set of propositions that one has to like accept without any sort of like interpretive or hermeneutic strategy. Mm -hmm. Like it's literally just like, all right, you know, like, you know, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm about to do a checkmate yeah. here and yeah. like, here, here's how it works. And yeah. like, it, it's just very, um, it's kind of like dogmatic, but hidden in this weird, like, um, kind of like uncle-like way, avuncular, I think that's mm. the word, um, where it just sounds like, uh, like a blowhard relative who's like not really like set, who's set in his ways and is just kind of like giving ad hoc reasons for a dogma that yeah. they already hold. And I think like, it's just uh, like, you know, he goes on to to say, like, I think pretty conservative things about, like, women and marriage and oh, that sort of stuff. Oh, big time. Yeah. I and, have, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, no, and, and I just, I mean, okay, so, yeah, I already, I already like, am unfriendly to that. But I think, like, the thing that I, that in general I find distasteful about his reading is that, like, okay, let's, let's go back to the trilemma, right? Mm -hmm. Like... He Jesus is either a lunatic, a liar, or the Lord. Why? Like, why are those the only three options? Right? Like, you either right. have to take it completely literally. You have to just be like, you know, a, a biblical literalist, or, you know, like, oh, you're saying he's a liar or a lunatic. Like, you know, what if Jesus was being ironic? Um, oh. Yeah. Or okay. No, 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 no. Or like the what, quad. Right. Yeah, yeah, the quad. <laughs> Well, I wrote here, not lunatic, liar, or lord, but a secret fourth thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, like, I think it is a secret fourth thing. Like, there's some, like, literary interpretation to be had, or to be done, yeah. in, like, what son of God really means, and, and would have meant to somebody walking around at that time. Like, maybe that's the thing that bothers me, is he's taking it in the most literal, like, English, English language, but maybe also, like, culturally English, like, way, where we're supposed to view that as just, like, oh, he, he literally means he's, like, God's boy. Um, right, yeah. And I think there's just, like, more to it than that. There's, like, more interpretive work to be done. Yeah, and the thing that kills me about it is, like, he doesn't interrogate his own perspective or, like, historical context at all. Um, here's a good passage that hurts. Uh, um, if no set of moral ideas were truer or better than the other, then there would be no sense in preferring civilized morality to savage morality or Christian morality to Nazi morality. And it's like big oof. Not, I mean, Nazis bad, but this whole, like the, he doesn't like interrogate the concept of like civilized and savage because right. he's, you know, British and it's 1940, but it's just ridiculous. And, um, and then in the forward to the woman, I don't know, Kathy, I don't remember her name. Um, 
she writes that Lewis seeks to help us see religion with fresh eyes as a radical faith whose adherence might be likened to an underground group gathering in a war zone, a place where evil seems to have the upper hand to hear messages of hope from the other side. But like, that's not like interrogated at all, you know? And it's just very frustrating because it is, as we'll get into later, so, so conservative and just he doesn't think you know he's just like he's doing just talking yeah he's just like doing his stories you know like what if god was a big lion and rescued children and then the children were young forever and they were like princes right you know right you know they die at the end Oh, do they? Yeah, they're on a train and it crashes, but then they go to heaven. No. No, that's actually... So they go to Narnia. Sure. The, the four Pevensey children. Mm-hmm. They go to Narnia, they grow up, because they're like yeah, the kings and queens. Of, yeah. yeah. Then they come back to the real world and they're kids again. Then they grow up a little bit. Well, then they're kids, but then they die in the real world on a train crash. Really? And then they go to heaven. Yeah, this is in the last battle, which is the final... Are you joking? No, that really is what happens. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, oh yeah, sorry. Spoiler alert. That's crazy. Yeah, that's what happens. Also, the last battle is about like a donkey and a gorilla or something. I remember this. I remember this from when I was in fourth grade. So this is what I'm drawing from. He, I will say, he's a good children's book writer. I know I said I didn't remember. It's coming back to me. Nice. I'm inhabiting the mind of a child. (laughs) And it's like, I remember just like the way he's writing about aslan or whatever being like skinned is really it was like horrifically graphic yeah um anyway it goes in though yeah it does i mean he's good at that everybody has their gifts um yeah is not apologetics well so but wait oh yes back to the forward chunk that you were reading that Mm -hmm. the i the fresh eyes of christianity is this kind of like group of people hiding from from evil or and like uh, in a war Hmm. zone or whatever what does that remind you (laughs) (laughs) wait who does it remind me of the poor jewish people who were also doing this but he's like no 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 No, it's (laughs) It's the christians well okay yes this is exactly it like this is i think why it's that, I mean, this, like, forward is, like, particularly relevant to, like, the American contemporary oh, Christian Protestants' vision of themselves as exactly that. Like, they're in a world where there's, like, you know, CRT and 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 gender, g- genders coming to get them. Um, and they are, like, in a war zone or something. Um, yeah. And, and I think, like, the same kind of weird, like, literalism is at play in each of those. I suppose that's something that I would like to, to explore mm. more as we, mm-hmm. as we proceed. Um, but, like, that, that sort of, like, I don't know. They, they conceive of themselves as, like, early Christians under the reign of Diocletian, you know? Yeah, even at my grandparents' conservative Lutheran church, um, the like on easter or whatever the prayer is always like oh and god watch over all of the christians who like you know cannot worship which i think is nice but it's sort of you know presented as if much of the world is hostile Mm -hmm. to christians where i think it's that's not the case i'm sure there are places like i know there are places but i don't think it's as widespread um and certainly like we in this conservative lutheran church or not (laughs) being oppressed it's easter you know (laughs) um i don't know but yeah i think that's right and the uh, oh i also wanted to say the other reason we're 
talking about this book is because uh, last time we talked about the apps and one of those app guys was like, I loved Mere Christianity. <laughs> and I was like, yo, yeah. app guys love Mere Christianity, like right. app Christians. Um, and I think it's, I, I have another passage that I was thinking about when you said they see themselves as warriors. Um, this is very early when he's talking about moral law. This is my last passage. Probably, maybe. He says, there is nothing indulgent about the moral law. It is as hard as nails. It tells you how to do the straight thing and it does not seem to care how painful or dangerous or difficult it is to do. If God is like the moral law, then he is not soft. It is no use at this stage saying that what you mean by a good God is a God who can forgive. You are going too quickly. Only a person can forgive, blah, 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 blah. But just like that idea of like, the moral law is hard. Like you have to like suffer. I wrote, um, Christians love struggle narratives. Um, and I think that that's what appeals to the app Christians is like, you know, they're app dudes, they're Silicon Valley bros. They want to have something to struggle against. In this case, I don't know, lust. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what is, right. what is, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. No, you're right. I think like, it's a very like, masculine thing too right like this idea right. that you're like struggling against you're doing the hard thing you're struggling against like for god who's for your god. ultimate homie That's your for, ultimate bro your ultimate masculine bro yeah yeah god this is weird so like i didn't know that this was what this was about like i thought he had like a kind of fanciful i don't know not I mean it is fanciful but like I thought it was a little bit gonna be a little bit more like mysterious or something yeah you would hope that would have been fun that would have been fun like get some mystery in there get like go hard on the like because here's what I remember from the Chronicles of Narnia mm -hmm. like the whole like Narnia stuff mm -hmm. from the point of view of like the real world is supposed to be this like bizarre mysterious like otherworldly thing where like the um God, I don't know, like, the, the kids are, like, not believed, but it's because they have this, like, childlike hope and love for this mystery that, like, there's this beauty in it, right? And, like, that is narratively pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But that's not the, like, vibe that he goes for. Like, he's, he is just trying to do, like, gotchas. And, yeah, and it's like if the Pevensey Pevensey yeah. children came yeah. back and they were like, well, had you considered that yeah. Narnia is <laughs> like a train? <laughs> Narnia is like, what does he say? What is, uh, uh, the sheet music? Like sheet, yeah. Have you considered that? Therefore, right. don't you feel that this is beautiful? Therefore, it must be true. Right. Checkmate. Well, so funny that you say that because actually the trilemma makes an appearance in the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, I looked this up. I found this on wikipedia.org when I was looking up the trilemma. Yeah, um, he like, so Lucy, the little one, yeah. she comes out, she's the first one to go to Narnia. Right. She has tea with Mr. Tumnus, mm -hmm. um, who we all she's know She's the about. main character, She's really. the main character, yeah. And she comes out and she's like, I went to Narnia and had tea with Mr. Tumnus. And Edmund is like, no, like, that didn't happen, you're lying, even though he also later went there. Mm -hmm. And then the uncle guy, or they have whatever. An uncle? They're like at their like step-uncle, grandfather guy's apartment. Oh, during the war, right? Yeah, they go to their, they go to his In estate the country. during the war. Yeah, yeah okay. Because they're, yeah. Anyway, and he's like, all right, well, Lucy's either lying or crazy, or she's telling the truth. And you know that she's not a liar, and you know she's not crazy, so she must be telling the truth. 
and then all of... She's a kid. Yeah, yeah. well, that's not one of the... Okay, this is okay. a trilemma, well, not right, a quadrilemma. Right, right, yeah. um, She's being ironic. She's being... Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, Susan and Peter, who are the main old ones... The old ones. Yeah, yeah. they're like, fuck, wait. Uncle, the uncle guy's right. Um... And so Jesus is real. No, but like, so anyway, so that that is in the book. Um, so I guess he kind of does do that. Damn. 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 That's rough. It's rough to, they say never meet your heroes. They say. <laughs> but, but more, it's never read their book of Christian apologetics. I know. That has been translated into 30 languages. Oh, wow. Um, I thought you were going to keep up, because I texted Riley earlier, hey, what translation of this are we reading? I was um, so confused, I guys. thought that was a really funny joke. I was I, I, I was one of those where like, I sent the text and was like laughing to myself about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it was pretty good, but it wasn't that good. I, just, like, I was just like, I saw that and I thought, oh, sick, we're not recording today. <laughs> Wait, what? Because <laughs> I thought you were just like confused about what I was like, oh, he's... <laughs> He's doing something completely different. I almost like made dinner plans. You know? We immediately just seen that. Yeah, you were like, um, either Lorenzo's a lunatic or he read the wrong book for today and i know he's not a lunatic so he must have read the wrong book today. right but i didn't consider the third thing that you're being ironic yes that's right um god well i i don't have like close readings that i want to do necessarily there's like a couple parts from the social morality part that I thought, thought were interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was trying to be, I was trying to look for something that was nice. And at one point, I don't know where it went. I thought I highlighted it, but he was talking about how like usury or like, you know, by all, by his lights, it seems that, um, interest, like the practice of charging people interest for loans is like wrong. Uh, Cause the Bible says not to do that, which I thought, all right, uh, at least that's good. But, um, Oh, yes, here it is. All, all these people told us not to lend money at interest. And lending money at interest, what we call investment, is the basis of our whole system. So you're like, Yeah, but he doesn't push it, it further No, he that. doesn't. He, no. like, comes to the edge and he he's like... He doesn't say maybe imperialism is bad. Right, no. He's like, actually, that's good. That's good, yeah. Um, yeah, so he comes to the edge there. But then, yeah, the other stuff that he's, like... God, there's the where's this yeah, in the morality and psychoanalysis section. God, this part's oh, really? this part's what does hilarious. He say there? I don't remember that. So, okay, this is how it starts. Um, what is it? Okay, I have said that we should never get a Christian society unless most of us became Christian individuals. Oh. That does not mean, of course, that we can put off doing anything about society until some imaginary date in the far future. It means that we must begin with jobs at once. One. The job of seeing how do as you would be done by and be applied in detail to modern society. And two, the job of becoming the sort of people who really would apply it uh, if we saw. I now want to begin considering what the Christian idea of a good man is, the Christian specification for the human machine. What? And so this is like, he's what? like, yeah, so the whole <laughs> section then, he sets off like trying to explain how like Christians as like, the or like Christianity as like the thing that orders the human machine is like what we what you need to produce like 
the good civilization. Um, like, and he he has this like extended analogy. I forget if it's in this section or a different one where he's talking about like warships, and he's talking about how like like if you have several warships that are like not well attuned in their machinery, mm-hmm. they run into each other, and uh, you know, so you need them to not be oh. like that. It's just it's just like a weird. He's basically making, like, an almost kind of Aristotelian argument about, like, you know, a well-ordered society or, like, a well-ordered individuals and, like, virtue and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of shoehorning Christianity in. Like, he's saying, like, and this is, there's only one way to do this. We need, like, Christian values, which are self-evidently true because of, I guess, what he laid out in the first section about, like, you know, we just know it intuitively as, like, people, that morality just entails Christianity or something. And what I'm seeing on this page is that he's saying that Christian morality is a technique for putting the human machine right, Mm -hmm. and another technique is psychoanalysis, which also feels um, like a dog whistle to me, because the major psychoanalysts of the time were all Jewish, and all, um, like, you know, Freud was... Is from what Austria? Yeah. Um, and I I don't know a lot about this, but I've heard. I know I can't get into this because I don't know a lot about this, but I've just heard that psychoanalysis was kind of like tamped down because mm. it was seen as like too Jewish and too feminine and kind of like, um, you know, in op- stands in opposition to these things yeah. <laughs> these christian masculine imperialist whatever yeah um and that's why psychoanalysis kind of went out of style for a while after world war ii because all of the psychoanalysts were i don't know i don't know if that's true yeah google do your own research i mean that sounds right like i think like you know it just sort of like christians hate therapy well they i don't do they yeah i mean I don't know. I mean, they hate psychoanalysis. Well, that, yeah. I don't even know. (laughs) They might not have an opinion either way about it. But I feel like they, like, talk therapy. I don't know. Maybe. But either way, this just feels like also like a random chapter to include. Yeah. You're talking about psychoanalysis. Like, you're... Well, I think what he's trying to say is that, like, we have different... There's different ways of, like, setting society right. There's this one that's, like, scientific and Jewish. Or there's, like, the Christian way. And like, which which way Western man? Well, scientific. Yeah. yeah. You know. Well, you know, at its advent, like psychoanalysis was seen as like the scientific like option of like. You don't agree with that. Um. I think maybe different conceptions of scientific. Right, but it was like the thought was that it was like better than. I don't know. Like, then better than, like, religious fervor or something like that. Oh, sure. I'm pretty sure, okay, like, the logical fair. positivists were, like, somewhat sympathetic to it at, at, the, at the outset. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, like, the people who invented scientism. Right. Um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But, well, anyway. Um, God, I forgot where I was going to go with that. We got our we got our clown shoes, you know, out ahead of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got out ahead of our clown shoes. That's what you ever heard that phrase? Got out ahead of our skis. People would say that in Colorado. It means like you. Got, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, because <laughs> we're not potting today. Is bad. No. Um, hmm. Hang on. Let me cut this bit. Where did I want to go with this?
Oh, yeah, okay, so I did have some, like, um... <laughs> yeah, Christian Morality doesn't claim to put the machine right. Right. Okay, so that is where I wanted to well, go. Well, in terms of salvation, though, it does. It, but it's not about that. Like, Christian morality, as, as far as I can tell, is not about, like, this kind of, like, comportment where you're... Well, it kind of is, but, like, it's not, like, about, like... All right, there's, like... I guess the mechanistic analogy is what, what makes me upset. Or, like, makes like makes me think, like, no, nah, he's not getting it. Like, right. there isn't this kind of, like... I don't know... Wait, we should talk about it. The, what the mechanistic analogy or is? Or we should, like, oh, yeah, read, introduce read it. Oh, yeah, read that part. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so in this part, in which chapter is this in? Um, the three... The three parts of morality. morality. He's kind of outlining this analogy for, like, uh, Christianity as, like, the way to set the Christian machine correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, this is where he's, actually, now I found it, this is where he starts talking about the, like, um, analogy of like boats. Um, oh yeah. I highlighted this bit. When a man says about something he wants to do, it can't be wrong because it doesn't do anyone else any harm. He's thinking only of the first thing. The first thing being like, uh, supposing that a boat ran into another boat. Um, he's thinking it does not matter what his ship is like inside, provided that he does not run into the next ship. Um, but he goes on to say that this basically doesn't work. Like you need everybody's ship to be working. Um, so the analogy here is you got to get yourself right. Yeah, you got to get yourself right. Um, cool. Um, what does he say? Does it not make a great difference whether I am, so to speak, the landlord of my own mind and body or only a tenant responsible to the real landlord? Wait a second. Um, wait a I think... Second. And I kind of is God like, the landlord? God is the landlord. The real landlord? God is the real landlord. But um, you want to be your own landlord? No, you shouldn't be because God should be. I think you have to keep the apartment nice so that God doesn't charge you, like, the security deposit. Jeez. Um, he doesn't quite say that, but that's, I think that that's, like... That is the vibe. That is seems. the vibe, yeah. Um, oh, he believes in hell. He does believe in hell. Um, Ugh. It's precisely the correct technical term for what it would be for if you distance yourself from God by, by uh, not comporting yourself correctly. Um, let's see... So you take issue with I just this. take issue with, the, like, the mechanistic analogy, because it seems to be rhetorically... It's not like... Okay, like, if you take it really, really literally... Or, like, not literally, like, in its most abstract form, where basically all he's saying is Christians should align themselves in accordance with certain virtues. All right, well, that's obviously yeah, true. Yeah, sure, That fine, is what the point yeah. is. But the weird mechanistic sort of way that he's putting it is just, like... It's, like, giving... It's, like, false... Uh, rigor or something like he's trying to say like look like yeah like you're fighting a battle against yeah and like look don't you agree that like ships ought to work this way like isn't it self-evident that like we have we believe machines ought to be you know yeah it's giving nationalism (laughs) that too it's a little bit yeah a little fash Um, a little fash yeah yeah and it just is it's it's missing the point well, and that's, that's like what I wanted to come around to is that like, like the thing that I think is interesting about a lot of like Catholic and some Protestant theology, like I was also reading Augustine cause I was teaching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's just a lot more like literary, uh, 
thought that goes into it, you know? Like, there's this kind of understanding about, at the, like, meta level, about, like, okay, like, there's this object in my life, this, like, you know, scripture or just, like, set of beliefs in my life that's operating in a certain way, and, there, it like, the way that it works in my life is, like, more complicated than simply, ah, okay, I've read the premise, you know, Jesus is the son of God, so I ought to believe that. And further, I ought to comport myself in that <laughs> right, way. Right, right. Like, it's not, it doesn't work like that. Like, there's this kind of, like, emotive journey to it um, that is is just, like, not well captured in, like, a sort of rigorous, like, right. you know, defense of Christianity as a set of axioms or something like that. Yeah. Or faux rigorous in this case. And I'm thinking of, as I, I think I've mentioned on the pod before, how much I love Elaine Scarry's uh, Beauty and Being Just, where she talks about how, like, beauty pre- prepares us for truth because, like, beauty is in the realm of justice. Mm. And that seems to be almost what C.S. Lewis is arguing, but he's going to, like, the lowest common denominator of, like, these weird mechanical analogies. Yeah. And it's, like... Well, you're not presenting us with anything beautiful. Like, why should I believe him? (laughs) (laughs) And that's like me really (laughs) missing the point, I think, or like a willful misreading. But it just feels like wrong. Like, he's not convincing me. He hasn't done anything to convince me. Um, He's just saying, like, moral law exists. Can't you feel this? And I'm like, no, not the way you're describing it. And he's like, "I I don't know. Okay. How's this? Try this. Or, like, I came up with my own dilemma. Sure. Um, so, like, either... <laughs> like, you can take Christianity either at its face as, like, some sort of set of, like, claims that are testable or, like, that are either, like, true or false in, like, a straightforward, like, analytic sense. And you can offer defenses of it, understanding it that way, right? Like, like <laughs> the philosopher Alvin Plantinga, for instance, is actually, he's, like, an extremely skilled technical philosopher and he's a christian and he's really good at doing this kind of thing Mm -hmm. at like defending christianity like axiomatically as a kind of like you know here's like here's like you know what the claim is and i'm gonna do like a bunch of like propositions to try to better understand like what this could mean what the best like most plausible interpretation of this Mm -hmm. is you can do it that way or you can do this kind of like what I want to call, like, vibey, like, Augustinian, Kierkegaardy style, like, it's just about, like, the lived experience of, like, the faith as, like, an emotional and spiritual thing that you primarily feel, and your engagement with it is, like, very feeling-y. Uh-huh. Um... Well, it, like, respects the mystery. Right. That's what, well, He's not respecting the mystery. No. Even though I think he, like, wants to, he's just not. Like, well, yeah, I mean, he's gesturing towards it when he's like, you don't need to understand how, yeah, why Christ died for us or whatever. Right. But that is like, no, stay there. Like, that's the, like, right. we don't understand. Okay. Why is that interesting? Or like, why, yeah, exactly. why is that something? Yeah. That we, yeah. And instead he takes it in this, he does like, uh, like if we take that, like you, there's two interpretive options. There's like the, like logically rationally one, mm-hmm. or there's like the vibey, like, mystery one he takes the logically rationally one and then does a bad job of it i think is the like yeah that's the the ultimate problem and i think he has one thing that i think is like really he has one point that i think is very cute and it's brought up in the intro 
I don't remember where it is in the book, but um, Lewis once stated that, quote, there are no ordinary people, end quote, and that, quote, it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit, which I think is so cute. Like, this idea. These immortals? Yeah, it's because we're all, like, um, <laughs> immortal in God's oh, eyes or I whatever. Yeah. Which I think is, like, kind of... For a man who's, like, you know, supposed to be so in love with imagination, I think that is, like, a beautiful point. Yeah. Or, like, could be. But he's, like, I don't know why he doesn't use his Im- imagination to do something better. Right. <laughs> with the entire book. But I feel like I'm missing the point, maybe. or missing your point. Um, no, I think that that is it. Like, Like, that kind of, like, imaginative sort of, like, mysterious engagement is like an option. And I think like theologically the people who do that kind of thing seem to be more they they like get what's going on a little bit better. Like I'm reading Chesterton's Orthodoxy right now mm-hmm. and I actually have a lot of problems with that guy too. Like I think <laughs> I have a, he's like frustrating in a lot of ways. But even though he's still like a stuffy British guy, you know, and it is constrained by that much in the same way that Lewis is. Mm-hmm. He's doing a better job of, like, th- respecting the mystery, as you put it. I think that's a very good way to put Like, he, in fact, his whole thing is kind of a defense of, of that as, like, the, the primary sort of, like, engagement um, that Christian thought should be following after. Um, at least as far as, like, I'm only, like, halfway through the book right now. But yeah. it seems like, like, that's what he's getting at. It's, like, this kind of, like, f- free and vibey thought. Um, it's, like, a very spirited sort of way of, of approaching, like, the, the questions. Um, right. Or I'm also thinking of, like, okay, well, what is Simone Weil doing then? Because I feel like she's kind of respecting the mystery, but still is, like, wanting to explain things. So she's, like, grounding, like, things, yeah, in, like, vibes and feelings. And it's like, okay, well, I don't really know how God is doing this. But I know that I, like, feel this way when I, like, show love for my neighbor or whatever. And this is what it means, like, in my life practically. And I guess, like, I just don't understand what Lewis wants us to do or like how we're supposed to feel or like act other than like don't have sex and like (laughs) I don't know and women respect your husbands and be complacent with that like I don't know it just doesn't feel like it's thought out you know yeah or it's like grounded in if he's saying like he spends the whole first part of the book talking about like this moral feeling but then he just like abandons feelings yeah you know right yeah because i think like the the way that you're supposed to like conduct yourself after reading this is as like a guy who's like ah but you see like christianity is actually the only rational choice Um, right like i think that is what you're supposed to walk away from it understanding is like if you think about it enough like the logic of of the analogies reveals that christianity really is just like reasonable it's like math it's like math yeah Yeah. but he's bad at math yeah well he also says like math is like true and like exists whether or not humans are aware of it yeah and i'm i don't know if that's right that's a that is like a whole i know yeah Yeah. that's a whole thing yeah yeah, once in a grad seminar, I got, like, clowned on by everybody in the class because I said, like, well, there are, like, pre-existing 
like one rock is separate from a different rock and therefore like those are concepts that you know exist you know one and two and yeah. everyone was like no you're so stupid <laughs> and i was like Fine. <laughs> which i don't think i was i think i was right but everyone's like well how do you why should you differentiate that rock from the other and i was like guys i'm not doing yeah. philosophy right i'm trying to read a book right <laughs> you know right anyway um, no, I mean, yeah there are, there are people who like i don't know like what is like the ontological status of numbers is like a whole field of philosophy and math well, I'm glad he um, didn't get into it then. Honestly, yeah, well, me too, because him doing that would have been something else. It might have helped me understand it, though. Right. <laughs> no, because he would have taught you wrong. Oh, that was what I was going to say about him. Hang on. Like, okay, I was reading it, and I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, it's like, okay, he, he writes like a guy who's, like, kind of smart, but has just never heard of philosophy or theology Yeah, he thinks before. he invented it. He thinks he invented it. Mm -hmm. That's that's That was my first gripe upon starting to read. Totally. Um, was just, like, he he's writing about morality as though nobody had ever considered questions of morality in the history of, like, thought. Um, he's like, why does God allow suffering? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there no, must be Satan. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm the first guy to think about this. Or, like, why do we feel... Or, like, what, what is, like, the right thing to do? Like, you know, uh, like, what is your so obligations silly. to society? And he's like, nobody's thought about this before. So I better think about it now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, two crosses out of five. That's what I... <laughs> oh, my God. You would do two? One. I do one and a half. What? You're like mad at two. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be a contrarian. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The Wikipedia was like, people really talk about how well written it is, and I'm like, well, that's because people can't read, and also, um, that's not a reason to like a book if you're like, oh, it flows well. Like that's mm. not. That doesn't mean his argument is good. Right. That just means it used to be. Oh, I also wanted to briefly talk about i wrote we should do some media studies because i think it matters that these were originally then i wrote bbc radio lectures does mm -hmm. bbc have radio yeah okay yeah yeah i don't know they started it's like broadcast. okay that's what i thought British broadcast yeah but when i just said that i i wondered yeah i think i don't know i guess i'll just say that like that it was a radio broadcast i think is like evil or like makes it more insidious because you know you're just listening to the radio and you're like this is fact right <laughs> it's hard to like interrogate things and he, he takes like 90 years to get to one single point right and i think he kind of like i could imagine like listening to this and being lulled into like a hmm yeah even though we're now reading it in a book well, yeah, I mean, I think, like, right, so, like, BBC is, like, you know, pretty, like, hegemonic in terms of authority for, like, you know, public information mm -hmm. at the time, and, like, so, yeah, I guess if they do just, like, have this guy on talking, and he probably is well-spoken, maybe we should have listened to some of him actually speaking it, but I bet, you know, he probably speaks in a pretty, like, authoritative way. He writes as somebody who is, like, thoroughly convinced of his own view already, like, he isn't like waffling or right. you know he, he's very much like well it's plain to see that and then you know yeah um, which yeah. is like a, an affectation of british men at this time Ooh. too um like russell does that too um which you know we'll, we'll do right. it we'll do, it, we'll do yeah. it 
but like um he so i imagine yeah just for your average list like if you're just a chimney sweep you know if you're just your average british chimney sweep listening to this in the yeah. 40s you know or like a, a cabbie or other british jobs you're gonna be like yeah that's what the smart radio man said yeah well okay here i'm gonna clown on my grandpa right now yeah who's down i hope you're not listening to this (laughs) if so i have so many questions how did you download this app yeah Um, but uh you know like kusi yeah you know how it's like super so kusi is just a news channel or a broadcast station in san diego you know how they're owned by like the super conservative Mm -hmm. um so my grandpa was like over at my parents house the other day and he just like rehearsed a line that was so clearly a kusi line which was they keep talking about global warming but there were days in the 60s where it would be like 95 degrees and i said grandpa that was one day in the 1960s it's yeah. been 95 degrees here for a week and a half um so it is global warming and he says oh i guess you're right about that <laughs> which was very sweet that's but so i cute. was just like imagining like you know that's like how the news works and this happens to me as well like none of us are immune from this um but i was just thinking like this is the first book of like apologetics i ever read uh like four years ago and I remember reading it and be like being like this man has some points you know yeah. and I think that's kind of just like the danger of I, I don't know who's who's offering the based take right for everybody hmm. nobody yeah well Us. yeah I wonder no. yeah we're gonna come back in like five years and be like oh my god this McCara her guy's so stupid like oh shit I forgot about Eugene yeah Damn. Eugene no, I don't think no, so. No, he's good. He's great. He's yeah, got, he, he but it's not. It. It's not the same as this. No. It's not like trying to convert people. Right. He's trying to do history. God right. bless him. Yeah. He's not even. He's he's succeeding. At right. History. You're right. Yeah. You're right. He's making history. He's making. He's <laughs> making it up as he. Goes. No, no. No, he's not. Yeah. He's making history. He's yeah. the champion of our podcast yeah. and our hearts. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really have any... Yeah, me neither. Any more... um, Like, I basically laid out my main thing, which is I just think that this kind of, like... Yeah, you gotta embrace the mystery. Maybe that's our... The big takeaway well, from this. I have a confession to make. Yeah. But I want to make it on. <laughs> well, wait, is it still recording? It's still recording. So, Embrace the Mystery is from a meme. Have you seen this meme? I think I might have. <laughs> oh, okay. It's probably not from the meme originally. Sure, but though. that's where I... Yeah. I've really been pondering this meme. Uh... Where it's, like, the guy... I'm gonna explain the meme. This yeah. is media studies. It's, like, a little safety diagram of a guy who's, like, standing... Wait, no. First he's, like, puking, and then he's, like, standing. Yeah. And it's, like, me. For The first one is when he's puking. It's, like, me when I was, like, trying to understand instead of embracing the mystery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's, like, sick. Yeah. And I was, like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> I felt that. That's a truth I feel for sure. Right, yeah. <laughs> it must be true. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and I guess, like, this, because that sounds, like, there's, like, a, a sense in which you might understand that to be just, like, 
be happy being ignorant or something like that. But I don't think... But that's not what it is. No. Like, yeah. You either get it or you don't. Either... Sorry. No, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) That's my theology. You either get it or you don't. No, I mean... Yeah. Mystery has a sort of emotion... Well, you know, Chesterton actually talks about this. And this is the part that I did like about him. Where he's talking about, like... Uh, he's basically saying that like humans need mystery in order to feel like not crazy like they're, they're kind of like there's an irony in it but like in order to feel like you're not um, I don't know like having everything already sorted gives you like an immense sense of anxiety mm-hmm. like this like myth of like control over everything in your lives and like just allowing there to be like a sort of like mysterious like uncontrollable unknowable thing right gives you like a well, weird kind of grounding yeah that makes perfect sense because uh, you know, mystery, mysticism, doing some etymology, whatever. Like, yeah. that's the one thing we all share is this, like, weird other thing. Yeah. And that's what gives us that mystical feeling is that feeling of oneness is like, wait, what's that other thing? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. I forgot to give an update. Wait, do you have anything else to say? No, that was good. I thought that was really nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, um, I stopped playing X2 Blocks. <laughs> I didn't reach the end of the game. Damn. Ugh, because they just added more blocks. And I was like, no. I can't keep playing this. No. I thought I was about to get, get you. to the end. I know. I got all the way to Z. And then it started over at AA. And I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, no, that would no. be demoralizing. It was. It's still on my phone. But mm. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't really played Subway Surfer in a while either. Have you been meditating? Yeah, actually, I have been. It's been nice. Nice. Yeah. Congrats. Me too, but it hasn't been nice. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Going bad, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm well. just regular meditating, though, not like, I'm not using Hello or anything. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I know. App free. App free. <laughs> just raw dogging my meditation. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. What would. C.S. Lewis think of that, do you think? Of calling it raw dogging? Meditation or? in general. He'd probably get mad at, like, the Hindus or the Mohammedans or something. For That's true. The, as he puts it. Yeah. Not my, not my words. Yeah, well, you're coming out as a... <laughs> as a hater. As, yeah. As a racist. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, well... Yeah, I don't know. What do you think of... He probably would be like, it's too, like, self-focused and you need to be, like... Well, I guess that is kind of what we were saying, but, like, like, all those months ago. But, like, no, he'd probably be like, it's, yeah, I don't know. It embraces the mystery, though, It does, sure. it does, yeah. He'd be like, why are you just sitting there? You shouldn't be sitting, you should be reading. And you reading should be building scripture. warships. You should be, exactly. Fighting the savages. <laughs> yeah. The Hindus, as far as I can understand <laughs> yeah. them, that's what he said. Yeah. I think I read that off mic, but whatever. Yeah. Well, we could cut all this, probably. I think it's good. Our riffing. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to say. No, me neither, other than... Uh, I mean, you know, in spite of this being a kind of a disaster, it kind of sets us off in the, some nice directions, which is uh, Protestantism and literalism mm. in the Bible, which mm-hmm. is, you know, potentially something we're going to engage with soon. And also... Uh, our dissatisfaction with his method of apologetics Mm. sets us up nicely for some metaphysics, which maybe we'll do soon. Yeah. Do you think Jonah was inside that whale? No. Fuck. Yeah. And and all of that (laughs) and more to come soon. Crazy. um, When we do 
yeah, we're gonna do like some some basic, you know, uh, is does God real kind of stuff. <laughs> is um, God on be real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On that note. <laughs> on that note. Um, see you in heaven. See you in heaven. <laughs>